Welcome to the Awakening Podcast Network. Get ready for an inspiring audio from this cutting-edge voice. You can find more podcasts at awakeningpodcasts.com. A reset of the prophetic movement is upon us. The second wave of prophets is rising in this hour. We stand at the edge of a new era in the prophetic. We're gathering the international prophetic community at the Global Prophetic Center, a hub for prophetic training, prophetic labs, summits, networks, and lighthouses. It's time for prophets to go deeper. It's time for seers to soar. It's time for prophetic voices to rise up and decree what says the Spirit of God with accuracy that causes the world to pay attention. The Global Prophetic Center offers proven prophetic systems and structures to equip you to walk worthy of your calling and to prophesy with precision, boldness, diplomacy, and wisdom. Get hands-on training and mentoring in a safe environment that breeds true prophetic community and learning. Receive impartation and activation. Sharpen your gift and avoid prophetic pitfalls. Get commissioned. Get networked. Get sent out with the word of the Lord in your mouth and the confidence to release it. Begin your journey today by applying at globalpropheticcenter.com. Hey, welcome back. This is the second segment that I want to share with you some characteristics that these Bible characters we read about, we admire, we study their lives. Here is a second characteristic that made them a history maker. And the second one is the anointing. Yep, you know, I was going to get there eventually, the anointing. The Bible characters that we read about did what they did because of the anointing. God snatches them from amongst the clutter of the common and pushes them from obscurity into a place of prominence where the spotlight is shining on their lives, where their families uh, and, and uh, community and even their nation, the trajectory of that nation and family and individuals' lives were hanging in the balance uh, based on their performance and based on their obedience to an assignment and making sure that any duty was discharged with responsibility and accountability, as well as the highest uh, level of performance that they could possibly fulfill. And it was because of the anointing. Um, in 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, I'm reading it out of um, a um, different version, not the King James Version. It says, God addressed Samuel. So how long are you going to mope? over Saul. You know, I have rejected him as king over Israel. In other words, I have the next in line and he's hidden in obscurity. God instructed Samuel, go ahead and fill your flask with anointing oil and get going. I'm sending you Jesse of Bethlehem. I've spotted the very king I want amongst the sons. I can't do that, said Samuel. Saul is going to hear about it. He's going to kill me. And God said, well, take a heifer with you and announce, I've come to lead you in worship of God with this heifer as a sacrifice. Make sure Jesse gets in, invited. I'll let you know what to do next. I'll point out the one you are to anoint. So Samuel did what God told him. He was anointed, of course. When he arrived at Bethlehem, 
The town fathers greeted him, but apprehensively. Is there something wrong? Nothing's wrong. I've come to sacrifice this heifer and lead you in the worship of God. Prepare yourselves, be consecrated, and join me in worship. So all of the community was invited. He made sure Jesse and his sons were also consecrated and called to worship. When they arrived, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, here he is, God's anointed. But God told Samuel, looks aren't everything. Don't be impressed with his looks and stature. I've already eliminated him. God judges people differently than humans do. Men and women look at the face. God looks at the heart. Jesse then called Abinadab and presented him to Samuel. Samuel said, this man isn't God's choice either. Next, Jesse presented Shemaiah. Samuel said, no, this man isn't the one either. Jesse presented him seven sons of, to Samuel. Samuel was blunt with Jesse. God hasn't chose any of these. Then he asked Jesse, is this it? Are there no more sons? Well, yes, there's this little runt, but he's out tending the sheep. Samuel ordered Jesse, go get him. We're not moving from this spot until he's here. So Jesse sent for him. He was bored in, very picture of hell, bright eyed, good looking. And God said, up on your feet, anoint him. This is the one. Samuel took his flask of oil and anointed him with his brothers standing around watching. And I don't want you to miss this next point. The spirit of God entered David like a rush of wind, God vitally empowering him for the rest of his life. Here's some takeaways about the anointing. And a lot of people think anointing is all about what you feel, but it's not. Once you're anointed, you are empowered to excel in life for the rest of your life. That's what the anointing is there for. The, the anointing is the divine enablement given to you by God's divine empowerment specialist, the Holy Spirit himself. The Holy Spirit gives you the unction to function effectively within a specific office, within, with a role, with a position, with an assignment, within a specific realm, according to 1 Samuel. The anointing empowers you to be, to do, to become, to accomplish, to desire more for your life and to desire more from life. This is what the anointing does. So turn with me to 1 John chapter 2, verse 20. 1 John 2 and 20, if you can go there with me, please. The Bible says, but ye have an unction from the Holy One. So this is very important for you to understand. We may hold a flask of oil. We may sprinkle it on your head, pour it on your head, do the sign of the cross on your forehead. We may do all of these things, but we are not anointing you. It is the Holy Spirit. What that oil does is confirm the anointing, confirm your call. But the anointing comes from the Holy Spirit himself. So the anointing is Holy Ghost power. The anointing is divine power. It's heavenly power. It's supernatural power. It doesn't come from man. It comes from God. 
And it gives you the power. It gives you the power to overcome obstacles. It gives you the power to defy odds. This is what the anointing does. The anointing does for a natural man what he could not do in his lifetime with all the degrees, with all of the opportunities, the anointing does it. If you would turn again to another scripture, and I want to really emphasize this, I could preach all day. I could probably preach all year and not run out of things to say about the anointing. But there's something important I want to highlight as we begin to talk about the anointing and talk about you being next and why the anointing is important. We've got faith that we worked on, you being a man and a woman of faith. Now we're moving to the second character or characteristic, and that is the characteristic of the anointing. And you want to pray about this. You want to ask God, anoint me. And say if you are a member of a church and that church does not believe in anointing you, it's still fine. God can lay his hands on you. But Isaiah 10, 27, the Bible says the anointing is the power of God. It says, and it shall come to pass in that day that his burden shall be taken away from off of his shoulder and his yoke from off of his neck and the yoke shall be destroyed because of the anointing. So what does that say? It says that once you're anointed, God removes restrictions. He moves prohibitions. He removes lids, limitations. He removes barriers that stand in your way from fulfilling God's original plan and purpose. And that includes any genetic matter or material that may have been passed down genetically and caused proclivities in your life the anointing destroys those kinds of yokes. So the anointing destroys and removes any kind of barrier, any kind of restriction, any kind of lid, any kind of limitation. Let's just start here. The anointing removes marginalization. And we don't even have to go further than the book of Exodus to figure that out, where the children of Israel were marginalized. They were marginalized by the Egyptian government. And that government was guilty of xenophobia. And we hear xenophobia is the fear and the uh, hatred of someone that does not look like you ethnically and um, in terms of their heritage and their culture. So if they don't look like you, they don't talk like you, it's called xenophobia and it's a hatred, it's a disdain, and it creates marginalization. And the anointing on your life will make you an exception. People say, well, I don't like other people like you, but for some reason I like you. It's the anointing that is on your life. It removes marginalization. The anointing removes barriers. It removes distant barriers. When the centurion began to pray, God was, was, was able to jump over um, a, a geographical location and reach Peter, who was in a different region. And so in as much as he couldn't get to Peter through the prayers, God anointed the centurion and his prayers were able to be um, find um, a place in Peter's heart. And Peter, to, to be quite frank, was prejudiced against uh, his people. But yet God released an anointing on the centurion's prayer, and God answered him in spite of the distance barrier. And then, you know, I, I think about uh, Lazarus. Lazarus was in the grave, 
Jesus never went down to the grave, but the Bible says that he sends his word and tells him to come forth and he comes out of the grave. It was because Jesus was anointed. The anointing removes gender barrier. I could think of uh, Deborah. I mean, during that day in the history of Israel's military and Israel's, um, Israel's growth and development, it's interesting because Deborah was a female judge and she did more than just be a judge. She built this amazing, successful legal practice. And on top of that, she became the first female military um, consultant to Israel's army. And that's a great feat. And that's because she was anointed. Uh, the Bible talks about this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 26 to 23. For ye are all children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as, as has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female, for ye are all one in Christ. The, the, the anointing removes title barriers. You know, the spirit of God removes barriers so that we are all ministers. And so it's not just God anointing an apostle or a prophet and not anointing the pew. The Bible considers us all ministers, 1 Corinthians 4 and 1. The Bible said, let, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of Christ. The anointing removes uh, mental or, or mental um, barriers. The, you know, when we talk about gifted people, sometimes we're divided by who's intelligent, who's not intelligent, who's an intellect, who's not an intellect, all those things that, you know, once you have the Holy Spirit, you got the mind of God. So we're all intelligent geniuses because we're able to tap into the mind of God. The anointing removes social uh, barriers. And uh, there are so many social powers uh, that influences how a community operates, and it moves us into the whole question of social reconstruction and community development. And that will be a person like Barnabas. Barnabas board sides together. The anointing removes uh, political barriers or uh, the barriers that are created by political powers. And so when we talk about the changing of governments, uh, when one government changes, the policy changes and you know, they fight for different uh, laws and different legislation. But here you have Daniel, he's anointed. And there is Nebuchadnezzar, and then the government changes, and then it changes again. You know, you have Cyrus, and then it changes again. And he served under each one of them. And even though they changed, they changed in policy, um, they changed in a lot of ways, uh, Daniel yet was a, a legal consultant to all of the governments because Daniel was anointed. The, the anointing removes spiritual barriers. Um, when we talk about spiritual barriers, a lot of times we don't understand that, uh, you know, Paul was a very spiritual being, but the church didn't want to have anything to do with him because they felt like he was a heathen. They were afraid of him. He had a history. So they didn't want to open the doors of the church based on their theology. And that's what's happening today. Oh, you're not a part of this and you're not a part of that. So we're going to close the door. But if you're anointed, 
those barriers are destroyed and you're able to go into denominations that might not normally accept you, um, that, that you'll find doors that are open. I mean, all kinds of doors open uh, to me. And I've, I've spoken in just about every kind of denomination you can think about. And even uh, in denominations that really don't believe like I believe. And the doors were open because of the anointing. The anointing makes a difference. The anointing removes financial barriers. So even if you don't have the business acumen, you never went to school for business, you don't know anything about business, but yet when God brings you into business, all of a sudden you've got this amazing business acumen. God gives you witty ideas, creative inventions, um, and he allows you to navigate the financial terrain because he's teaching you. It's like you are operating under the anointing of Cyrus. God opens the hidden treasures of darkness unto you. And one of the treasures of darkness is trade secrets. And the anointing will do that for you. People may close their heart and close their mouth and close their hands and refuse to give you trade secrets, but God will give you hidden secrets. He, he would, he would just open up two leavened gates where before things were closed to you, off limits to you, but God would open that up. He will remove every kind of financial limitation, every kind of financial barrier. Even those of you that want to own your own home or God has given you um, a vision to build, um, I don't know, a ranch for, for children or a retreat or to build a nonprofit organization and and you're starting out with just a vision, you will be surprised if God has anointed you to do that, how it's going to remove the barriers. Where banks may say no, they're going to say yes to you. I always say this, no is never final, right? And um, no means come back tomorrow. It doesn't mean no, I'm never going to do it, but come back tomorrow. And I decree and declare things that you know belongs to you, whether it's an opportunity, whether it's a building, whether it is um, a, a position that God has showed you belongs to you. I am decreeing and declaring those no's are turning into a yes because of your anointing. The anointing, it removes economic barriers. And I think of Joseph, Joseph was anointed and he changed the GDP and GNP of a nation. And I decree and declare over you that you're going to be anointed in the days to come to conduct your business affairs, not just uh, in, in national economies, but global economies as well. And I, th and, and I think right now, even as we talk about the next, uh, I decree that you are not selling knockoffs, knockoffs, any, anything. You are going to sell the original. Nothing fake about you, nothing imitation about you. And you're going to compete. Uh, your goods, your services will have global appeal and global accessibility in the days to come. And your business, 
is going to compete with these enduring brands. And they're going to be as desired as, as these brands, the brands of cars that people are buying and desire, the brands of clothing, the brands of jewelry, the brands of food that people really, really love. You are going to create goods and services, and they're going to be branded just like that because God is going to allow you to really, really participate in a specific economy. And even those of you that are in ministry, I decree and declare that you are participating too, that you understand that right now, every church is competing for the same um, dollar that these fast foods are competing for and other uh, companies, other car dealerships are competing for. If you notice, I'm not calling out the name of the brand um, unless they give me an endorsement or a sponsorship or a partnership or they're paying for a portion of this. They're not going to get any free time at all. Not from out of my mouth. But when it comes to economy, the economy, you want to legitimately see your brand and your goods and services as competing with everything else that's out there. And you're going to perform at that level. You're going to be anointed to do that. And not only that, God removes, uses the anointing to remove leadership barriers. In other words, you are going to be leading. You're going to be an influencer in your industry. Even as Deborah was an influencer and Joseph was an influencer, these are great um, um, uh, individuals that really shaped history. The anointing is not natural. It's supernatural and it comes from on high. It doesn't come from man. It comes from God. And therefore, God has the power to remove any kind of barrier, including leadership barriers. Some of you, they might say, well, you don't look like a leader. You don't act like a leader. You don't dress like a leader. But if God anoints you to lead, all of a sudden your dress code is not going to make a difference. I know they say dress for success. I know they say that. But in between, while you're on your way and while you're in between blessing, the anointing is going to make a difference. The, 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 the anointing removes racial barriers. Uh, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. On the day of Pentecost, the anointing came on each of them. And, and the Bible said that, that, that every country, they marveled because they all heard them speaking in their own native tongues. And this, this is linguistic. This is linguistic. When the Bible says that God gives you the gifts of tongues, the tongues is not just your prayer language, is the language, the ability, the acumen to learn languages that you were not born with, to learn Russian or Spanish. Right now I'm studying Spanish, but to learn Russian and Spanish and give you the um, understanding uh, of, of that language and the nuances and the idioms that they speak and, and give you that proper understanding and God will do it because of the anointing. And this is not just languages, but what about the language of your industry? I can always tell a person that is industry um, specific and has, um, the wisdom of that industry because they speak in industry language. And, um, and then, you know, if someone buys a degree, uh, you could tell that they bought the degree because their language will betray them. There's a language to every industry. 
And those of you that are new to industries and God is showing you that you're going to be a leader within that industry, I decree and declare he's upgrading you and he's going to upgrade you linguistically. You're going to be able to know how to talk that language so that you get, you, 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 you have more influence as a leader there. The anointing removes psychological barriers and there, we all have psychological issues from insecurities to pre, um, prejudices to projections and, and all of that. But any psychological barrier that is prohibiting you from fulfilling God's original plan and purpose, where people put up barriers, where they look at you and in their mind, oh, you remind me of someone I don't like. All of those barriers are going to be removed when you go to the bank. They're not going to size you up to determine whether or not they're going to lend you a money lend you the money or not, or give you the loan or not. When you go to, to, to a lease, um, buildings or whatever you're leasing, they're not going to look at you and size you up and say, Oh, I don't want to do business with that person. The anointing on you is going to compel them to do business with you, irrespective of what side of the track you were born on, what country you were born on, born in your accent, whatever causes people to be biased, um, against you. I'm decreeing and declaring that psychological barrier is being broken because of the anointing that is on your life. The anointing removes cultural barriers. That includes all the biases that we have with cultures. I know people walk up to me sometimes. They may not look like me and they may not be the same color skin. And all of a sudden they speak Ebonics. And I have to let them know I, I'm actually British American. <laughs> uh, my, my culture, I was culturalized in Britain and that language, I don't appreciate it. That is a bias. And, um, where they believe all this color person or all that color person or all, uh, Chinese are alike or all Japanese are alike or all Africans are alike or all Brazilians are alike. Um, those are kinds of cultural barriers that people put, put it, put up, but the anointing on your life is going to bring those barriers down. They're going to bring it down. And then there is emotional barriers. And this is anointing that gives you real solid access to any, any realm, any field, any industry, because a lot of times uh, the people that we work with are emotional masses, but forget the people that you work with. What about you? Some, so many people wear their, their emotions on their sleeves and they take everything personal. It ain't personal. It's business. It ain't personal. It's spiritual, you know, and God is going to destroy that emotionalism and you're going to be able to have solid thoughts and you're going to have concrete thoughts and you're not going to be an emotional mess, especially if God is testing you, especially if you're working with an Elijah, say for instance, you are Elijah. And God has you working with an Elijah. Elijah was choleric. He didn't care about anybody's feelings. He only cared about himself. But yet Elijah was like, that doesn't have anything to do with me. This is my assignment. And I'm not even going to ask him if he likes me. You are not hired to be liked. Stop going home and saying, my boss doesn't like me. My boss did this. It ain't about you. And sometimes you don't know what pressure 
is on your boss. Instead of you taking this stuff on, why don't you go back to work and try to be a problem solver? Trying to, try, try to uh, lift some of the burdens. You'll be surprised what will happen if you go in and you become a, a problem solver rather than taking everything personal. Stop wearing your emotions on your sleeve. And the way you're going to do that is just receive the anointing. Just ask God, anoint me this morning, Monday morning. Do the same thing Tuesday. Do the same thing Wednesday. Do the same thing Thursday. Let everybody else around you be upset, even in your family. You're going to be too anointed. You're going to be too oily. The oil is going to be thick. You'll hear it. They'll be talking about you. They'll even try to hurt your feeling, but it's just going to slide right off of you because you're going to be carrying the oil on you. No matter where you go, the anointing is going to make a difference. Let me just take this to the next level. The anointing gives you the ability to know God's will and to do God's will. And, and, and I really want to emphasize that because the anointing is not just about your feelings. It's about you knowing what God's will is and knowing um, how to do God's will. It's the empowerment, isn't it? It is the divine empowerment for you to do. Say, for instance, if you are working, I don't know, on a job and it's not in your job description and your supervisor says to you, I want you to do so and so. You don't have any training. You don't have any experience. The moment you get that assignment is the moment God is going to anoint you to do it. You'll figure it out. And I decree and declare there's nothing that is given to you by way of an assignment, whether it's in the workplace or ministry or even in your own business. There's a lot of things that God will call you to do that you'll start out not knowing. But by the time God gets through with you, you're going to know everything about it because the anointing is going to give you the ability to gain the experience, the expertise, so that you can become either an expert or more knowledgeable. And a lot of things that God gives you now has nothing to do with now. It has to do with some time in your future. The spirit of the Lord will come upon you. The anointing is, is, is not this invisible force that comes from nowhere. The anointing is the person of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. He is the one that gives you the, the, the um, confidence and enables you to live, to live your brand, to live on mission, to live your vision and to live righteously before God. And so the anointing is a sign of God's favor upon your life. And it helps you to fulfill and pursue your assignment. And I was thinking of Mary, Mary, the Holy Spirit came upon her. And I know it must have been hard for her to have conceived this baby out of wedlock. I know it must have been hard, but the anointing came upon her and she was able to carry uh, the, 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 the word of God. She was able to carry uh, this baby uh, full term and God, with, with, without the effects of any abortive activity. And I realized that things that you are called to do, there's always abortive activities, people that want to abort. Let me tell you something. People will set you up. People will do things to undermine. And sometimes they wouldn't even know that it's not them. It's the devil. And you become a disposable resource for them. 
but God is going to anoint you to overcome. He's going to give you the gift of discernment of spirit. He's going to know, he's going to let you know which people are in your corner, which are not in your corner. You're going to have a sense of it. You're going to be able to overcome anything they throw at you, no matter what. It could be the size of Goliath. It could be the size of a mountain. You are going to have the experience. Hallelujah that Zerubbabel had when the prophet said to Zerubbabel, Zechariah prophesy, listen, Zerubbabel, I know these mountains are greater than you, but you're going to prophesy grace, grace to those mountains. And I'm decreeing and declaring that even as grace and the anointing, grace is the, the, the power of God. The anointing is the manifestation of the grace of God that is upon an individual's life, setting that person up to win at whatever he has called them to do. If you are the next in line, whether you're a Joseph or an Aster, whether you're a Deborah, whether you are a Daniel, if you are next in line, whether you are Peter, whether you're a Paul, whether you're a John the Revelator, I decree that in this season, the anointing is going to be rich in your life in Jesus name. You have gifts. God expects you to use them. If you need training to school your gift, log on to schoolofthespirit.tv. You'll find training in spiritual warfare, prophetic ministry, prayer, seer's ministry, writing, and so much more. Go to schoolofthespirit.tv today. You want to go deeper? Get equipped to overcome and walk in God's purpose for your life at Awakening House of Prayer's online campus. You'll experience an online family, preaching, teaching, and prophetic impartation for victorious living. We have over a thousand members online hungry for what God is saying and doing in the earth. Visit ahop.online today and join our family. This has been a production of the Awakening Podcast Network. Jennifer LeClaire is the founder and owner of APN. Our heart is to inspire people and exalt Jesus with every broadcast. We're grateful for our advertisers and supporters that make these podcasts possible.